Hi, I'm Gabby and this is No Filter with Kobo. On today's episode, we are going to share unfiltered information about a special ingredient, zinc oxide. Zinc oxide, or also called ZNO, is a mineral origin material that has the property of absorbing and reflecting UV light. It's one of the sunscreen actives considered by the FDA, the US Food and Drug Administration, as GROSS, which basically means it's safe and effective. In the last few years, the interest for using ZNO in sunscreens and other products has increased, and my two guests will help us figure out more about it. We are honored to receive today David Schlossman, who is president of Kobo and has been working with zinc oxide for quite a while. Hi, David. Uh, hello, Gabby. It's very nice to be here today. Thank you. Nice to have you. And our second guest is a specialist on cosmetic products formulation, Melda Lloyd-Payne, director of Kobo UK, which houses Kobo Application Lab in Europe. Hello, Melda. Pleasure to have you here. Hi, Gabby. Nice to be here. Thank you. And I've started this podcast saying that the use of zinc oxide in sunscreens has increased in the last few years. And I believe that one of the reasons for this is regulations. David, can you explain how the changes in the regulations, like the update on the FDA gross list of ingredients, and also the EU nano definitions affected the market of sunscreens? Uh, sure, Gabby. I would like to do that. Uh, as you stated, uh, the prospects for zinc oxide continue to improve, and it is to a large extent because of regulatory acceptance by uh, the United States and the EU. Let's let's take a look at the United States first, where the FDA uh, considers zinc oxide to be a gross, uh, generally recognized as safe and effective sunscreen. Okay, there's been concern amongst regulators and consumers alike about skin penetration of active ingredients. The FDA has required more safety information about the organic sunscreens currently permitted uh, because test results are finding these compounds in blood plasma. Let's take a uh, look at what's happening in Europe. Uh, there, the European Commission cited on its website that there is limited evidence to support zinc oxide, including nanoforms of zinc oxide penetrate. And to the extent there is penetration, it is limited to the zinc ion. Uh, zinc is an essential element for the body, and it is known the body is able to regulate the amount of zinc under normal conditions. Both the United States and the EU permit zinc oxide to be used at up to 25% as a sunscreen. The EU does not permit nanoparticles of zinc oxide to be sprayed because of concerns they may cause lung damage upon inhalation. There are concerns amongst regulators that consumers will use less sunscreen if their choices are limited to minerals because of the whitening effect or the products may be deficient in their protective effect. Zinc oxide is able to overcome these concerns because of its physical properties. Zinc oxide has a low refractive index around 1.9. And when it is dispersed well in the formula, it can be rubbed into the skin and have acceptable transparency amongst most consumers, even those with deeper and richer skin tones. It attenuates UV light principally by absorption from 290 to 380 nanometers uh, and also by scattering. And uh, beyond 380 nanometers, most of the attenuation is by scattering, 
Okay, this means zinc oxide provides broad spectrum protection and can be formulated to create SPF 30 and higher uh, SPF formulations, filtering out at least 97% of UVB rays. There's an important opportunity with zinc oxide-based sunscreens by promoting their gross status to influence legislatures to permit use of sunscreens in schools. Presently, only 17 states in the United States allow sunscreens to be used in schools. Zinc oxide is a material well-known by consumers, and as previously stated, is recognized as gross by the FDA. The time is right for all 50 states to permit sunscreens to be used in school. Sun damage is cumulative. An important opportunity exists for training our youth on the import of using zinc oxide-based sunscreens to protect against the harmful effects of UV light. It is an important public health policy, Gabby. Gabby, I think uh, also the fact that zinc oxide is a uh, naturally derived ingredient, the natural origin index, according to the ISO naturality norm, is one. Um, and the product is suitable for Cosmos, Ecosat, and Nature certified formulations. The interest, of course, has increased. Um, that's another reason why the interest in, in, in zinc oxide has increased recently. Yeah, thank you, Melda. And now, since you talk about uh, trend, uh, I wanted to go over another really big hot topic that we have seen in the market, which are clean, which is clean uh, beauty. When we say clean beauty, we usually think about two main parts. The first part is the safety for the human use. And also the second part would be safety for the environment. David, you mentioned a little bit about the safety for human use and considering the grass status, for example. But how about safety for the environment? Can you tell us a little bit more about this and if zinc oxide can be used for clean formulations? Uh, sure. Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, zinc oxide is marketed by Kobo as a clean material. As I started to talk about uh, previously about penetration, uh, studies have shown zinc oxide does not penetrate uh, healthy skin. It is well known as a topical OTC skin protectant. Uh, zinc oxide is formulated in hygiene products to suppress odor. Uh, it is not toxic to humans, provided excessive amounts are not inhaled or ingested. Uh, zinc oxide uh, or zinc is an essential mineral in cellular metabolism. It's also a micronutrient for humans, animals, and plants. Uh, you know, to answer your question completely, uh, the other component is toxicity to the environment. And uh, in reality, not everyone or company are willing to accept zinc oxide as a sunscreen material because of its impact on the environment. Uh, it's a really complex subject matter that is worthy of investigation. You know, uh, most zinc oxide is made by the French process, which is energy intensive, meaning uh, the potential exists for serious carbon emissions. Uh, moreover, it is important to contain the zinc dust during commercial production to limit air pollution by zinc particles on land or in rivers or other aquatic bodies. 
zinc has been found in Superfund sites and exposure has caused anemia and other ailments. Uh, the Department of Health and Human Services has published a lot of information about the benefits of zinc oxide and the risks to the environment. Uh, in my view, the slant is more positive, but it is really important to recognize the potential environmental impact of increased usage of zinc oxide uh, on the environment. You know, it is a uh, classified as a hazardous material when you ship it. And let's talk a little bit about aquatic toxicity of zinc oxide. Uh, the ECHO website, which is the European uh, website, provides PNEC data for fish, plants, and microorganisms for zinc ions and zinc particles. And uh, the, that acronym uh, stands for predicted no effect concentration. And, and they compiled these, these uh, values based on a bunch of studies. And, it also is useful to examine what was done in Hawaii where oxybenzone was banned based on scientific data that, in, that uh, showed regular use of sunscreens containing oxybenzone caused genetic damage to marine life, including coral reefs. Uh, although some have objected that the scientific data used by state regulators was not peer reviewed. Circling back to zinc oxide, studies are ongoing with objectives to test the toxicity oxidative stress, or other impacts of zinc oxide, zinc oxide nanoparticles, as well as combination products of zinc oxide and organic sunscreens on aquatic life. These studies will need to be designed properly to make sure the zinc oxide is properly coated to maintain its physical and chemical stability and formulation. While those concentrations of zinc ions under 10 ppm can be deadly to certain organisms, there is not enough scientific evidence yet to suggest that bathers wearing zinc oxide sunscreens pose a broad-based threat to our ecosystem. To limit the impact of zinc oxide sunscreens on biodiversity, additional testing will be required to demonstrate concentration levels of zinc ions in rivers, lakes, and other aquatic bodies are below established PNEC levels. The import of good science over hype cannot be overstated. Consumers, particularly with deeper and richer skin tones, need the protection afforded by zinc oxide nanoparticles. Gab, you know Kobo has a lot of surface treatments on nano zinc oxide to improve its physical and chemical stability in formulation and suppress its reactivity with other compounds. Mm -hmm, sure. Yeah, we do have a lot of options of surface treatments of zinc oxide. And if you, our listener, want to know more about it, I'm sure that uh, you can find more information on our website and with our account managers. Uh, thank you, David, for that complete uh, answer. Uh, for me, clean beauty is also about transparent. And I believe that as science evolves and we have more studies about it, the uh, toxicity of zinc oxide will be more clear uh, to everyone. And now I do have another question for you, David. We know that currently in Europe, sunscreens must have an UVA protection of one third of the SPF and also the critical wavelength of at least three, seven nanometers. In the US, uh, there is a requirement for 370 nanometer, co uh, nanometer critical wavelength, but it's also possible that in the future, the FDA may require a UVA ratio of 0.7. What's the role of zinc oxide on achieving that balanced protection? 
Uh, Gabby, that's a very good question. Okay, so let's let's try and, and break it down. Okay, so you you talked about uh, one third of the protection as being important. Okay, so, so that means that if the formula has an SPF 30, some, okay, then the PA score has to be at least 10. Okay, so that 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 gives you the one third. So if in your uh, testing you only are able to get a PA of five, that means you can't claim more than an SPF of 15 on your product. Okay, now when we talk about critical wavelength, what we're talking about is the absorption under uh, an absorption curve, and that 90% of the area under the absorption curve has to measure at least 370 nanometers. Okay, I mentioned uh, earlier that you know zinc oxide absorbs uh, the, the the basically the attenuation to 380 is principally by absorption uh, and and also by scattering, and then beyond uh, it, it's by scattering. Okay, so in order to uh, achieve a, a critical wavelength of at least 370 nanometers, what uh, is important is to think about the variables that are involved when you're using zinc oxide, which are the crystal size, uh, the size of the the agglomerate uh, in dispersion, or as Cobalt, we always say the, the 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 dispersion particle size, and also the uh, concentration in the formula. Okay, so th those are those are the very important variables. Uh, so generally, a crystal size of around 35 nanometers, or a dispersion particle size at least 170 nanometers, will be good to meet most UVA standards. Uh, however, when the concentration in the formula is 20 to 25 percent zinc oxide. Smaller particle sizes may also be effective to achieve uh, high protection and achieve a critical wavelength greater than 370 nanometers. Okay, and then when we when we uh, look at that, uh, what you mentioned about a UVA ratio of 0.7. Okay, so that ratio is measuring uh, the UVA one compared to the total UVA. So, so there's a, a focus on the long wave UVA radiation, which is uh, important. Uh, it's important to protect against those wavelengths uh, because those wavelengths are, you know, cause photoaging and 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 may also contribute to other uh, toxicity as well as possibly even skin cancer. Uh, so, in order to get that high ratio, it's useful to use larger zinc oxide particles like Cobo zinc oxide C because when that material is included in the formulation, it's possible to get formulas with a critical wavelength almost um, or as high as 380 nanometers. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, you did. Uh, thank you. Now, 
since you uh, talked a lot about UVA, I want to go over with Melda to discuss SPF. We know that ZNO is great for balance protection, as David mentioned, but how high can we go in terms of SPF in a zinc-only formula? Zinc oxide is definitely not as efficient as TiO2 in terms of SPF, even with the smallest primary particle size and particle size dispersions we offer. Small TiO2 is the most efficient way to reach high SPF scores. What we can expect from a well-made dispersion of a small primary particle size, like a 20 nanometer zinc oxide, in a well-constructed formulation is, a, is about 1.5 SPF units per percentage active. Bearing in mind the maximum allowed concentration of zinc oxide is 25%, uh, we are looking at an SPF of 35 to 40, basically. However, we have made formulations where we have achieved SPF 46 and even above 50 with zinc oxide when we employed a couple of tactics like using boosters, using strong film formers, and also using a combination of small and big zinc oxide in form of cobomate dispersions. But I would say in general, achieving SPF 50 with zinc, uh, zinc oxide only is challenging. Okay, got it. Since we start talking about formulations, uh, Kobo has kind of two options. Uh, when we go with zinc oxide, we have them in powder form, surface treatment, surface treated, non-treated powders, but we also offer dispersions as you mentioned. Which one do you prefer to use in your formulas? Okay, so the trick to obtaining the best efficacy when working with pigments, be it in makeup or sun care applications, is to being, to being able to achieve a consistent particle size from lab to industrial scale, batch after batch after batch. So one's ability to work with powders will depend on their shear or milling capabilities, as well as capabilities to measure particle size. In reality, we find that many producers have limitations in both of these areas. Um, and at Kobo, as a dispersion specialist, we have a number of different milling equipment with high capacity. Through our know-how, we are able to disperse, uh, produce dispersions with consistent particle size and make sure we are producing to exactly the same standard every time via our QC processes. We're also able to manipulate the particle size maintained in dispersion by adjusting various parameters like surface treatment and production process. We are in fact able to create dispersions uh, that have different particle sizes, even starting with the same zinc oxide. For example, our GCP45XZJ and JOSP55XZJ have, have the same 20 nanometer zinc oxide as starting material but one has a smaller particle size of 155 nanometers and the bigger and the other a bigger particle size of 200 nanometers measured by DLS. Often we see that we are able to achieve a more reproducible SPF, a better transparency and better stability with the dispersions due to the better control we have over the particle size. So I'm a big fan of our dispersions and uh, know that our customers generally have better experiences with the dispersions. However, I have taken a particular liking to our new ZNO660 ASGP7. Uh, this is uh, a zinc oxide from our new super dispersible pigments category. 
a natural hybrid treatment on 20 nanometer primary particle size zinc oxide. It gives great transparency and requires minimal energy input to disperse. If for any reason you don't want to use our dispersions, this is the go-to product. Sounds good. I'm sold on the dispersions. <laughs> uh, now I have a, another question is, uh, well, if we look at Kobo's website, we do have a lot uh, of options of ZNO, a lot of products uh, with ZNO. How to choose the right zinc oxide for your formulation? Yes, we do in fact have a large number of products available on promotion, both in powder and dispersion form. In most cases, when we are discussing a project with a customer, we ask several questions in order to narrow down the options. Um, the customer's preference of powder versus dispersions, as explained before, um, of course, plays a role. Then the regulatory requirements of the market, i.e. is the product destined for the EU market, where there are very specific criteria for nano-zinc oxide, including a very limited list of allowed surface treatments. Uh, so that plays a role as well. Then we look at the requirements of nano or non-nano, then um, then even going deeper, nano by particle size or primary particle size, as in Europe, there are two um, different interpretations on this, on, on this classification. Um, so what the customer wants to claim, what the customer wants to do, how their regulatory um, and, uh, well, um, safety um, departments uh, look uh, on the subject, their view on this is important. Um, and then whether the formulation should be natural or whether there are certain ingredients to be avoided. So this is also um, another part of the brief, uh, usually, um, if we're formulating a natural um, formula that is supposed to be Cosmos or Nature compliant, then of course we have to choose the uh, choose the, the the dispersions also accordingly, um, and uh, requirements in terms of target SPF. Uh, as we discussed, the particle size we'll choose will be different if zinc oxide is being used alone or in combination with other filters. Um, and finally, in case of dispersions, the carrier is important too. We have different options of carriers with different spreadability, different sensoriality, different volatility. And if the dispersions uh, need to be used at a high level, which will be the case if you're making a high SPF formulation, then uh, the dispersions have to be used at a high level. They will have an important impact in the final um, feel of the formulation. So these are all the different kind of, um, this is kind of like a decision tree that we go to go through um, when uh, choosing and recommending the best um, zinc oxide for the customers or our own brief. Thank you. I think that's a good step-by-step -step, uh, to go over so you can choose your right uh, zinc oxide and the best one for your formula. Now the last question. Um, having products that attend the need of diversity is a must nowadays. You know, we need to have inclusive sun care. And obviously customers do not accept that whitening sunscreens anymore. How zinc oxide can help that? 
Um, zinc oxide is great, as I explained, because it remains fairly transparent even at bigger particle sizes, uh, which is not the case for TiO2. We have recently presented at Florida Sunscreen Symposium our latest study on creating a transparent sunscreen on diverse skin tones using zinc oxide. We have made a fluid emulsion using our GCP45XZJ at 25% active concentration. And we got this formulation in vivo tested. It gives SPF 37 and a critical wavelength of, wavelength of 373. So in this case, the zinc oxide, this particular dispersion is doing also full spectrum, uh, broad spectrum protection. And we have demonstrated in this study that the formulation looks very natural and transparent on skin types four to six on the Fitzpatrick scale. So even on the darkest skin tones, uh, it looks really great. It just disappears. And um, we have also employed our transparent iron oxides to neutralize the slight milkiness coming from such a high level of zinc oxide. Uh, and they work a treat as well for this fun for this um, for this purpose so we can ensure yeah we're, we're totally capable of making um, zinc oxide mineral formulations that that meet the needs of all types of skin tones well that sounds uh, really good and to our listeners if you want to know more about the formula that Melda mentioned we do have pictures of them in our social media, and we also have a webinar uh, specifically on that topic that you may request from your account representative if you want to see the recording. And well, we are in the end of this episode, and I really want to thank Melda and David for everything that you both shared about ZNO. You showed that working with this ingredient have its challenges, but also offers a lot of great uh, advantages. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Gabby, and, and thanks for those, those thought-provoking questions. I've really enjoyed being here. Thank you, Gabby. It was fun. And thank you for listening to us. If you want to know even more about zinc oxide in the description of this episode, you will find links with artic of articles with more details. This podcast has been created by the content team at Cobo Products Inc., a raw material cosmetic manufacturer and distributor specializing in treated pigments and dispersions. To not miss any new episodes, be sure to follow us on Spotify or the platform of your choice. You can also find us searching at Kobo Products on all social media platforms to receive the latest Kobo updates and send us any questions or comments about ZNO at this episode. Until next time.